Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, fervorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic in the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. Now, enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self, and please pray for us. God bless. So I heard uh, today that this was this Know Jesus November, so I thought we would talk a little bit about uh, how we know Jesus, how we come to know Him, how we get to know Him, how we stay knowing Him, um, and then uh, tell you just a little bit about my story and about uh, how I ended up where I am today um, in serving the church and serving God and serving all of you. So the first thing that I think I would, uh, that I would say to you or that I would offer you is, uh, what is it to know? Have you ever actually thought about that question? Like, what is it to know something? Um, so I just ask that you maybe think on that a little bit. What does it mean to know something? Um, I have found in my experience that when, uh, when we know something, that we have experienced it, right? So the difference being, like, if I believe something, then I think that it's there, right? I might even, I might even suspect very strongly that it's there, right? And normally someone has told me something about that. But I don't really know that until I experience. For example, has anybody been to Paris? This won't work if there's a hand. There's a hand, okay. So this won't work for you. Have you been to Moscow, sir? No, no. okay. Has anybody else been to Moscow? Okay. Do you know that it's there? No, you don't. No, you don't. You believe that it's there, right? Because why? Google Maps, right? Atlases, right? You can see it, but you haven't been there. So you don't actually know that it's there. Does that make sense? Okay, so when we talk about knowing God, right? God is this invisible being, right? That this all-powerful being that is over our life, that has infused our life with everything that we are, how do we know that he's there? What kind of experiences have you had? Right? Have you experienced Christ in the Mass? Right? Have you encountered him in the Mass? Have you encountered him in Scripture? Right? Where are these places that you can meet the Lord our God? Um, I would tell you, like, sometimes they come as a whisper, right? Other times, it's a screaming voice in your head, right? I'll tell you about a couple of them. My story um, is, I guess, probably pretty normal, right? I was just a young man, graduated from high school, decided to go to college, just at this little college called Virginia Tech, right? I wanted to study you know, like most normal people, engineering and mathematics, right? So I go to college, and uh, things just didn't work out for me. When I went to school, I started really falling away from my faith. Um, stopped going to mass regularly and stuff like that, and I ended up just, uh, just getting into some wrong stuff. I started drinking a little bit too much, started doing some drugs, right? And I started running out of money really, really quick. My mom and dad, God love them, uh, but they, they made me pay for school, right? Which was fine, 
uh, but I ran out of money really, really quick, spending my money on all the wrong things. So one fateful day, I said, well, I'm going to go to the Army, right, because that's about my only way out. So in January of uh, 1996, I enlisted in the Army and then went off to go do good things. While I was in the Army, uh, I met a couple of people that uh, really changed my life, right, and I did a couple of things that changed my life even worse. So, um, you know, while I was in, um, if you do the timeline, right, you know that I was in during 9-11, um, so we went over to Afghanistan, uh, came back from Afghanistan about six months later, we left my wife pregnant with, with Riley and uh, went to Iraq. While I was in Iraq was really the first time that God tried to reach out to me and to talk to me. Um, it was in Iraq that I saw what other men will do to other men, and it was, uh, it was very disheartening, and I fell even more away from my faith but I remember, I remember one day I reached out to my mom and I said, Mom, I'm really having a rough time. I need you to send me a Bible. So I got a little Bible. She never sent one to me, or maybe she did, and the mail just never got to me. That happened back then. Um, but I ended up getting a little Bible, a little New Testament from the, uh, from the chaplain, and I would carry it around with me. And I would find myself at, at times uh, when I was really struggling, I would just open it up. And I would just read, um, honestly, whatever I opened up to, right? Um, I was really, really a big fan of Psalm 23. Uh, I would say that a lot before I would go fly. Um, one day when I was flying, um, we were on a relatively easy mission flying around. Um, we were taking a, a group, a, a USO tour back to uh, Baghdad. And as I was flying along, uh, I noticed a little glimpse off in the desert. Um, I wasn't paying attention. I was tired, like a lot of us were back then. Uh, and I missed, the, I missed the launch of a missile. Um, so the bad guy shot a missile at us, and I missed it. And I remember hearing, the vo hearing a voice in my, in my headset telling me to look to the right. Um, if you haven't already figured out, this might be one of those instances where it's not a whisper. I shook my head. I remember shaking my head and just paying attention to what was going on. I heard the voice again. This time, it was very clear. It told me, Matt, you need to look to the right. And it sounded a lot like my wife. Not a lot. It sounded exactly like my wife. Okay. So when I looked to the right, I saw a smoke trail coming up at us. And I told my pilots to bank to the right. We dove down on the deck, and uh, that's the fastest that I've ever been in a helicopter, and the lowest. We were going so fast and so low that it kicked up a dust trail um, behind us, but we, we ended up surviving. The passengers in the back thought it was a thrill ride, and I didn't have the heart to tell them that we had almost died. When I got back, I said to, I, I, I said to myself, I'm like, man, why did Kelly come to me at that moment? Why did I hear my wife's voice? So we moved on. Uh, a lot of, lot of, lot of really bad stuff there that I'm just not going to go into. Right? If you, if you want to hear more of my story, uh, you're welcome to email me or call me, and I'm well, and I'll, I'll walk you through some of it. But um, the next really, really big thing was as we moved through my career, there was always just these little things, just these little, these little whispers 
calling me back. Um, I remember Riley telling uh, my wife and I one time that she just wanted to eat the bread. I just want to eat the bread, Dad. Because, you know, after, after she was born and stuff, we'd get back, and uh, she had to go live with my mom and dad for a little while because uh, I, was, I was working down at Fort Jackson as a drill sergeant. I didn't have much time to myself, uh, and uh, my wife got deployed over to Kosovo. And so she, to, in order to take care of her, she had to go away. And while she was away, of course, she was going to Mass. So when we came back, when we were finally uh, reunited after about a year and a half, she wanted to eat the bread, right? I want to eat the bread, Dad. I want to eat the bread. And I'm like, what are you going to eat the bread? What are you talking about? Now, keep in mind, right, I've, I've, I've stopped going to Mass. I've stopped practicing my Catholicism. I want to eat the bread, Dad. Okay. Well, um, I guess I should mention that, uh, that uh, no, I'll, I'll skip that. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. I've promised someone that's here that I won't embarrass her. So, sorry, Riley. So, uh, so anyway, so as, as we're going along, right, so, so she wants to eat the bread. So, so uh, as, as we go through, I have another baby. Uh, I don't. My wife does. And, uh, and uh, you know, I have another baby, go to Afghanistan, uh, come back from Afghanistan, have another baby, go back to Afghanistan. You know, I always had a tendency to leave my wife pregnant and at home. But uh, we got back, and my wife, she, she looks at me after a little bit, and she says, she says, honey, we need to baptize the children. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, right? I, I don't know. But we got them baptized because it was the right thing to do. So we went and we baptized the children. But I remember having to... Um, having to say that I was going to raise my children Catholic. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do that, right? Like I, I was having at the time, I was having an extraordinarily difficult time squaring God with war, right? The horrible things that we had done to other men and God of mercy and of love. I was having a very difficult time with that. But we baptized the children anyway, and thank God we did. Um, so... As I was telling uh, Sarah before we were starting, we come on up to the sort of the end of my career, and uh, they wanted to send me up to Fort Drum, New York. Uh, that's really cold and snowy up there, right? And I was from North Carolina, right, where like the coldest it got was like if it snowed half an inch, you know, school was shut down for a week. Uh, I'm like, no, right? So December the 10th, they wanted me to go. December 29th, they wanted me to go back to Afghanistan. I'm like, no, what are my options, right? And they told me, they said, Sergeant, you've been in the Army for, for, uh, for going on 20 years. You know what your options are. It's go or get out. You'll have my retirement paperwork on your desk. And so that day, I, I dropped my retirement paperwork and I quit. So the end result was that I got out of the Army in uh, about six months, uh, which when you retire, you're normally given about two years. So I was doing a lot of things very, very quickly. One of the things that I did was go to a job interview, okay? This is a whisper, okay? I went to a job interview. I had eight, uh, eight um, interviews. I had one job offer, and that job offer was in this little town in the state in the middle of the country called Hastings, Nebraska. 
So I'm like, well, we're going to Hastings, right? And uh, we looked and we were like, wow, man, it's like, it's like 1,190 miles from my mom's house and it's like 1,200 miles from your mom's house. This is great. We're going to be in the middle of the country. This is great. So here we go, out to Nebraska. So that was in October. In November, my wife and I flew out here to look for a house. Uh, still, the bells and whistles weren't going off. Come out here to look for a house. And at the time, the housing market was very difficult in Hastings. And I got three kids, you know, and I've been in the Army for 20 years, so I got a lot of stuff, you know. And uh, so we went to try to get this house. Well, as I was going, I, uh, I, I started trying to get a loan, right? I'm like, ah, I'll get a loan so that, that way we know what we can afford. No bank would give us a loan. None. I had a job offer. I was going to be a military retiree. Uh, no bank would give me a loan. Uh, it ranged anywhere from now to uh, the rudest was, sir, we don't know how you're doing it. And I said, I'm like, wow. Oh, we're not going to get, we're not going to be able to have a house. Like, this ain't going to work, you know? So we started making a plan to maybe stay in the RV or something like that. Well, uh, we started looking for rentals. No rentals down in, in, uh, in Hastings, let me tell you. Nothing that wasn't about maybe 1,100 square foot. And 1,100 square foot might be fine for a college student. It is not fine for a family of five, right? That's really tight. Um, so we came up to Grand Island, and we were looking around at a couple of houses. Nothing really there. And my wife, uh, God bless her, but she loves looking at Realtor.com and Zillow, right? I mean, like, it's like a pastime. So she finds this house. And she was like, man, this house is beautiful. We drove past it. It was for sale. I just told her, I said, babe, I, I, we, it's for sale. We can't afford that. Man, we can't afford this house. She's like, all right. But I just want to see inside. Uh, okay. All right. We got to pinch it for old houses. We used to go to, the, to Biltmore Estate and stuff like that when we were in North Carolina. So we love old stuff. So we're like, all right, we'll go into this house. Realtor comes out opens up the house for us. We walk in, you know, we're like, wow, it smells like the Biltmore. This is cool. And then, you know, and I told, I just, I told, I pulled the realtor aside while my wife was walking around googly eyed. And I said, we can't do this. It's not going to work. Like I, I can't get a loan, you know? And she was like, well, let me call the owner. I'm like, what, what is this state that I'm moving to? So <laughs> So she calls, so she calls the, the owner. The owner comes out. Well, let me meet him. Well, lo and behold, he's an Air Force veteran or Navy veteran, one or the other, uh, not Army. And uh, telling my story and everything. And he goes, he looks at us and he says, we'll rent it to you. I don't think, like, I've only seen my wife cry like two or three times, and this was one of them. Right. And then he tells us, like, like, OK, you know, so we told him the rest of the story. Still got the house back in North Carolina trying to make payments on it, stuff like that. You know, he's like, well, we'll rent it to you for nine hundred and fifty bucks a month. Well, OK, here we go. We're moving to Nebraska. That was in November. That was actually a, a Veterans Day in November in uh, November of 2015, 15, 2015. Thank you. Um, 
So we go back, December, we move out in early December. We get here like December the 6th, something like that, December the 7th. No, I started work December 7th. So this must have been like December 4th. We get out here, got all of our stuff moved out. We're like, yeah. Still, it hasn't clicked with me, right? I'm like, man, like you're here for a reason, but I don't know what it is yet, right? So I get out. Got the family in. We moved the family in for the first night in the house. Put a, put a mattress on the ground. Kids are sleeping in this, in this old house. And we wake up in the morning, and I am like, what is this god-awful racket? Right? It's the bells of St. Mary's just down the street from us. Uh, woke us up. Like, wow, we're really close to a church. Yeah, we're like half a mile, 0.6 of a mile, something like that from this church. Wow. Okay, well, that's fun. So we start looking. Now, given my situation at the time, right, Kelly uh, had to work. I had to work. So we had to put the kids into uh, after-school care. Couldn't find anything, right? Couldn't find anything. Having a lot of trouble finding anything. We went down to the cathedral, and the cathedral daycare was down there. They had openings. Lo and behold, so we start taking our son for after-school care down to, down to the cathedral daycare. So, of course, we're driving by the cathedral every single day. Uh, well, driving by the cathedral every day with a young lady that just wants to eat the bread, Dad, right? She sees a sign that says GICC. She's like, Dad, I want to go to GICC. And I'm like, well, we could see about that. That's no problem, right? Yeah, we can do that probably. Uh, and then my wife says to me, you know, it's cheaper if you're a member of the parish. <laughs> and I like looked at her, right? And I'm like, uh, you don't know what you're asking, right? And she's like, no, 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 we can just go to church. Mm, honey, you don't know what you're asking me. Like, you honestly do not know what you're asking me to do. She, so anyway, well, long story short, right? Like, here I am standing with a collar on in front of you. So, I, uh, I, I ended up saying yes. Uh, we ended up going back to Mass. Um, you know, it was beautiful. Uh, I had been out of the church at the time. I started going back to Mass. I'd been out of, the ch uh, out of the church, not practicing my faith for about 25 years, right? And I had had this series of events come through my life, whether it was in Iraq or in Afghanistan, whether it was seeing a baby born or not seeing a baby born, whether it was, uh, you know, job interviews coming out here, um, like, who knew that the guy that interviewed me and brought me out here was a glazier from Spalding, right? And I was ordained with one of his cousins, right? Like, it, this, it's like these odd things, right? And you might say, that's all a coincidence, Deacon. And I'm just going to tell you that there's no such thing as a coincidence. God is calling us all, right? Well, he continued to call me. So I'm going to Mass now. And as many of you sitting here will know, you should not receive the Holy Eucharist if you are in a state of mortal sin. Well, I was in a state of mortal sin. Bad, right? But I was just doing this for the family. I was just doing this for them. So I was going, I was receiving communion. It was after about two months of that that I, I, started, I started really having some difficulties, right? So... Uh, I started talking to Father Scott Harder uh, about some of, the, some of these difficulties that I was having, just 
again, squaring uh, the things that I had to do in Iraq and stuff like that. So we were talking and everything. So after about a couple of sessions of that, he says to me, this is like, eh, probably about two months or so. He says to me, you want to go to confession? And I'm sitting there with just tears just coming out of my, out of my eyes. I said, yes, I need to go to confession. So I had the first confession in 25 years. Now, I would tell you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that if you ever go that long, right, and a priest looks at you when you're done with his jaw agape, and he says, is that it? And then I'm like, well, I could probably think of something else, right? And he's like, no, 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 we're good, right? And then he, he absolves you. You've probably been too long. Okay, so that's, that's that the, pretty much the end of my story then is after, after my, uh, after my uh, confession, my first confession in 25 years, I began having a dream, okay? And this dream was me laying in front of the altar in a blinding white robe, and it was repetitive. It came to me every single night uh, until I finally went to ask the priest what was going on with me. Why was I having this dream? And they asked me if I'd ever been toward an ordination, and I said, no, I've been a Catholic all my life, uh, and I've never been to an ordination. So, well, you're describing an ordination. What do you think about the diaconate? And so uh, Father Jim Golka uh, sent Father Neil a, uh, a little note. I was a little bit late on my application, but I got it in, and I got into that. And then, God willing, um, I made it through those four years of formation and then was, was ordained. So I would just invite you, I know I'm running out of time here, so I would just invite you guys, right, is that when you, when you know God, okay, you're going to experience Him. It's going to be in the little things in life, right? It's going to be in your friendships. It's going to be uh, in your encounters. It's going to be at Mass, okay? It's going to be in a lot of ordinary things, right? It could be when you go to get a loan and they tell you that there's no money, Right? It could, but in the end, right, God has a plan for you all, okay? So I just want to close with that. God has a plan for you all. He loves you all with the fiercest and the most, the, the most intense love that you have ever witnessed, right? When you become a father or when you become a mother, you will know what I'm talking about because you will look at your children in the same way, okay? But this intense love draws you to him, Okay, and it is our choices. It is our choices that keep us away from him. Okay, that's 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 the message that I would have for you is um, this life is a series of choices. Okay, and as we go through those choices or as we go through our lives and we make those choices, we choose him or we do not. And it's it's honestly it's that simple. Okay, I would invite you. Uh, I would invite you just as, as we prayed when I started, I would just invite you to open your hearts. Open your hearts. For some of you, that's going to be very difficult. Open your hearts to let him into you, okay? And to, let, to, to unite that heart uh, with your heart. And then this life will become something more. Uh, this life will become uh, more full of joy. It'll become easier in a lot of ways and more difficult and a lot more. Right, because a guy that's sort of an introvert will be asked to come and talk to a bunch of college students that, they, that he doesn't know, right? But uh, it is amazing, okay? It is amazing. 
my life has, uh, has been, and I've done a lot of things, right? I've done a lot of things. Some of them not good, right? I've been shot at before, right? And, but this, this ride that I've been on for the past four or five years and a couple of months has been the most thrilling roller coaster ride that I have ever done, okay? And the only thing that I did, ladies and gentlemen, was turn my heart over to God. That's it. And I just said, here, you do with it what you will, okay? And I'll just follow, right? Like I was telling Sarah before we started this, I had no idea what I was going to say to you. I don't have any prepared remarks. I didn't have anything except for my story and just where the Holy Spirit was going to take me, okay? Just let it go and, uh, and, and ride with that, okay? All right, let's close with a, just a little bit of a prayer here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.